Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. I got to tell you, I am honored, honored today uh, to have a dear old friend, uh, a gentleman named Chaplain Bob Widow. Uh, Bob Widow was a chaplain at Little Rock Air Force Base when my uh, my wife Debbie and I were there and I had just been saved about eight or nine months earlier and um, I'm there at Little Rock Air Force Base. I was working with Army recruiting there in the area. I just got done with the Sergeant's Major Academy and and, and God was just doing a work in my life. And, and uh, Chaplain Widow was one of those guys who uh, I think we were in a class with him where we were studying Revelation and another one of his dear friends. And we just got to know him. And we got to know him real well. And uh, we got to really dig into God's word and grow. And somewhere along the way, I would bring Debbie with me here and there to different studies. And uh, Debbie's sweet, sweet dad passed away in July and um uh, of 2004 and 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 when he passed away uh the first phone call i made uh was that i wanted to talk to chaplain widow and just even giving you a little more information on this chaplain widow was actually at the hospital chaplain widow's uh, wonderful wonderful wife his his first wife uh, actually went to heaven later on because of her cancer was in the hospital that night with cancer and and uh chaplain widow was with her and immediately got back to us, and and uh, we we didn't want him to come. And and his sweet wife said, "Oh no, I'm saved and I'm okay." And I remember Chaplain Widow came to the house, and I, it had to be two or three in the morning, maybe four, when he got there. And I just remember looking out the door and looking down the hallway and seeing uh, Debbie and 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 Chaplain Widow there on their knees. And I kind of grabbed my oldest son that was awake, and my youngest was sleeping. He was just a little teeny baby, and. I remember looking out the door and, and seeing Debbie pray to receive Christ, and it, it changed my life profoundly. It was a, an answer to almost a year of prayers for many people, to include, I know, Chaplain Widow and, and his dear wife. And so uh, it's, this is a big deal. So the word of the day for me is chaplain. And I think I've said to you guys before that a chaplain in the right place at the right time uh, is used by God in a manner that's it's, it's inexplicable. It's just, it's beyond explanation. Uh, I've seen training base, uh, deployments. I've seen chaplains in all different environments. And I do know this, they're, they're kind of, a, a handyman for God as a chaplain there, you know, part pastor, part counselor, part mediator, part this, part that, uh, but chaplain is a pretty cool thing. And, and, uh, and, and so, so many things came to my mind when I was thinking of the word chaplain uh, for today. And, and one of them is over in John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Chaplain Widow was a guy who stood up and proclaimed that, who proclaimed his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ without apology and lived that life with integrity. He was a, a, a man, uh, and I know he's that way still today. He walked upright 
Proverbs 10, talking about the man that walk upright, walk assuredly. Uh, his ways are known. He was an example to Debbie and I. And, and brother, I, I, I didn't mean to lay this on too heavy, but I just want to let the world know that you're a pretty special guy in this family, and you're a pretty special well, guy in our life. Thank you very much. I, I greatly appreciate uh, the comments that you've made and uh, was delighted to be able to be a part of your family and lead your wife to uh, a saving knowledge of Jesus, and so delighted to hear that you continue to walk with him and yeah. continue to look to him. And um, you, you and I are both retired now, so we're no longer in the military, but we look back with fondness to what God did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Bob, <clears throat> excuse me. I just want to, uh, I, I want to get a snapshot of your life cause I really think it can help others. So, um, somewhere along the way you show up at Little Rock Air Force Base and you came in. How about if you give us the story that brings you to the chaplaincy? Sure. So I went to a small Bible college in Indiana. I grew up in Ohio and became a believer in high school. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I, I felt called into the ministry, but I never really felt called to the pastorate as such. And I, I was a little confused by that. I, I sort of grew up thinking there are two kinds of ministries. You're either a pastor or you're a missionary. There's not much else that there is. But I went to Bible college and uh, spent four years and graduated I knew I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't have a calling to do that, so I assumed I would be a missionary. I went to the mission field between my junior and senior years thinking, well, this this will confirm things. I was a missions major, and I came away from that summer saying, I don't want to be a missionary. This is not at all what I had in mind. This is not what God's calling me to do. So here I am with a college degree in ministry and no calling, no direction. So I got a job working in a secular job, and while I was there, one of the guys I worked with looked at me one day and said, you know, Bob, you'd make a really good military chaplain, mm -hmm. which shocked me because I knew nothing about the chaplaincy except that I saw a chaplain on Dover Pyle once, and that's as far <laughs> as I knew. But I explored it. I read two books that were uh, fundamentally and foundational uh, to me, and, and it's through those two books that God showed me that his call on my life was to be a military chaplain, which was really cool because a military chaplain is in a very real way a pastor yeah. and in a very real way a missionary because you're in a different organization. A, a, a chaplain is a pastor who works in a secular setting. And I don't know that there's much more secular setting than the Army and the Air Force, but that's what God called me to. And so I went to seminary. That's a requirement. You have to have a three-year master's degree. I did that. I um, in our church, you have to pastor a church for two years before you can be considered for the chaplaincy. So I did that. I went through the ordination process. I actually pastored for eight years in Pennsylvania. And then in 1991, the Air Force called me and asked if I'd be interested in being a, an active duty Air Force chaplain, which I was delighted to do. And uh, our first duty assignment was Little Rock, where I met wow. you. So wow. that's how I got there. Wow. So, so Bob, if you don't mind my asking, how old were you? That's a, people ask me that a lot. <clears throat> yeah. How old were you when you actually well, ended up joining the Air Force? 35. Uh, the, the, the outer limit to join the military as a chaplain is for, is 42 because you have to have 20 years in before the mandatory retirement age of 62. But, but God knew what he was doing. I kind of thought I would serve as a chaplain and then get out and pastor a church, and he had it reversed. I pastored for eight years and enjoyed myself thoroughly and, and, and really felt like God used that time, and the church grew, and I was 
delighted. That was the period of time, by the way, that my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was in our second church. And mm. uh, we went on active duty knowing that she, she could have a recurrence. And sadly, uh, she did. And uh, she died in 1997 after a nine-year battle with, with cancer. But we, we knew that God was calling us into the chaplaincy. And so we, we went in and our first duty location was Little Rock, which I, I had even no idea where that was. I had to find a map to find out where <laughs> Little Rock was. But you know what? It was, a, it was a wonderful duty station. It was a terrific place to be. We worked a lot with the Army and with Air Force folks. It was a C-130 base. So uh, we got, a, got our feet wet there at a small base with a lot of, uh, lot of needy people. Yeah. So just to do this, just so it passes over the airways, can you, can you let us know uh, your wife's name back then? Your My first wife's name was, was, Di- was Donna. Um, Donna was a wonderful, wonderful girl. Wow. I met in college and we were married for 17 years and she died, like I said, in 1997. And uh, shortly thereafter, I met another uh, woman named Diane. She was a missionary nurse in Africa. Wow. And uh, worked with our church and had been in Africa for about eight years, two terms, and was home on um, furlough, speaking in different churches. And that's when I met Diane. Is uh, She was a missionary nurse. I was an alliance chaplain. And um, we, we, after about two or three years, realized that it was God's desire for us to marry. And we've been married now for 22 years. Well, praise the Lord for that. So, so brother, it's been a blessing. Yeah, what's it like? So you you come from civilian life, and uh, you know the culture. Obviously, you know the individual. I guess they would call it what ethos or something like that. And then your culture uh, for your family for everything. I mean, it's just blown up. What's that yeah. like? You show up at the Air Force Base, and what's it like for a new chaplain? Well, you know, I didn't know what to think. Uh, I had a boss who was a Catholic priest, um, and he was he was a really uh, very genuine and kind man. Um, he was very committed to the Catholic Church. Um, I don't know that he really understood evangelical or or being conservative. On our team, we had a uh, let me think a Lutheran pastor, another uh, we had a Baptist pastor, a Presbyterian. And it was, it's very unique to get together with guys who love the Lord in their own way, who are committed to ministry, but who see the world quite a bit differently than you do. And I think I was, there were two evangelicals on, on staff, myself and a Baptist guy. I remember, and, uh, I remember your friend. I think that I'm pretty sure that's who I, uh, did he, what did he look like, brother? Was it a, a thinner guy? Um, are you talking about the Baptist guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was an older guy, thinner. His name was Charles Law, um, wonderful man, American Baptist, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I remember it. He, he actually retired there at Little Rock and stayed there with his wife. Yeah, I remember him as well. Isn't it funny how, yeah. you know, your memory takes you back to that. But I remember him being in one of your class, or you guys being in each other's classes. That's right, we did. Yeah. Well, you know, that was 30 years ago, 32 years ago. That's that's quite a good memory you have there. Oh, it's shot. But he, he was such a nice man. I just remember that. I, yeah, I remember really that. Was. I remember one thing that I'll never forget is that I, I had run into him, and you had come over, and you had wept with us and led Debbie to the Lord and stuff. And I said, wow. You know, one of the best things I think you can do when someone uh, loses someone is just we weep with those who weep, and, uh, you know, we rejoice. But, hey, this is that time. So I'm going to run, folks. Hang with me for just a few seconds while we let the stations do what they have to do. We'll be right sure. back.
So folks, if you're hearing the music playing here in the background, this this is the time that the radio stations actually cut this piece out. And uh, so they only hear a little bit of music starting it, a little bit of music ending it. But I wanted to give you some explanation on why sometimes there's 15 seconds of music that really doesn't make a lot of sense. So hang with us. Thank you. Yeah, brother. So I, I remember, so going back to what I was saying, I remember that, that day, that wonderful day. And, um, I remember that, uh, you know, Debbie being saved and us weeping, just being in a wonderful time of, uh, of joy. I remember, that was wonderful. Yeah. I remember you calling your wife at the hospital. I just, I just, there were so many things that you remember on the day that your wife gets saved that you, you know, prayed for and begged God for, for nine months and all those things. And then I remember meeting your chaplain friend again, cause we were all involved to kind of like in this Bible study. And I, I remember him muckling a hold of me and crying with me. And, uh, <laughs> and I just said to myself, man, these guys get it. So, so when I, <laughs> When I think chaplain, this word of the day, where we're at today, I mean, is there a lot of times like that, brother, where you're just ministering to folks in those times of grief? Oh, absolutely. You know, a chaplain's life is different than a pastor's life in that when you're a pastor, you're you're focused on a specific congregation of people and your life is tied up with them. But when you're a military chaplain, you're tied up with the base. So you have Lots of opportunities to rub shoulders with people who who maybe are not believers, who who are in process of becoming believers. And uh, I wish I could tell you that it's every day leading people to Jesus, but it's not. A lot of times it's it's walking with people through difficult times, through marriage struggles, through financial struggles with commanders who, who don't know what to do and come to the chaplain and we pray with them and talk with them and try to come up with a direction. And uh, I got to tell you, it, it was a wonderful ministry. I, I served on active duty for 24 years, mm. and it was it was the ministry that God called me to. And I could never in a million years have settled on a position like that that gave me such fulfillment without God's direction. It was truly unquestionably his leadership that brought me to the ministry that I knew nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, a big question, brother, and, and, and folks, just as you're listening, I want you to know that uh, Bob and I spoke before this about what we could talk about. And, and you know, there's no holds barred. There's no secrets here. There's no great secret that's going to be shared today. This no, is just a couple no. of couple of Christian brothers getting together after 30 years. So some most of what I'm hearing, uh, I I haven't heard before. You know, it's uh, we we were able to have a great conversation, uh, Bob, Debbie, and I. You know, sitting over, sitting on the phone a few days ago, and uh, it was just a sweet time for us. But brother, yeah. brother, if you don't mind, I mean, you come to the point where where your your sweet wife has cancer, and uh, and and you you think you beat it, but you know you got to have checkups and stuff. And then you're at Little Rock Air Force Base, and you're involved in a ministry that's all consuming. I mean, I, I happen to know this for a reason I wanted to bring a chaplain on. The reason I wanted to bring, uh, I wanted to bring a good chaplain on, somebody who had led my dear wife, Debbie, to the Lord. I wanted to bring someone on who I, I saw live the real deal life with integrity and honesty. And so, brother, I, what goes through your mind when you get that second notice, the cancer's back? Well, it was a very difficult time. We were only at Little Rock about four or five months when we got the news that the cancer had come back. And 
this was in the early 90s. And in the early 90s, the wisdom was that if you had cancer, breast cancer, my, my wife died from breast cancer, yeah, and you go through the chemotherapy and radiation and it comes back, then it's gone from being a treatable disease, uh, from, excuse me, it goes from being a curable disease to being what's called a treatable disease. And that's a very polite way of saying that you've entered into a stage now where the disease is terminal. And uh, there, there's going to be a period of time when they can do everything they can. Uh, they can give you more chemotherapy and more medicines and more different therapies, but ultimately you're going to lose this battle. And so we, we kind of knew that. And uh, we prayed for healing. We prayed that God would take the cancer away. And he staved it off for a number of years. We were at Little Rock for four years, and uh, Donna survived that time, although she was often very sick. And uh, we PCS to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and uh, that is where she ultimately died. I will say the chaplain corps was very, very kind to me. Uh, typically, chaplains go to a duty assignment for three years, and then they move to a second assignment. In three years, Donna was so sick that they decided to leave me there for a fourth year. Uh, at the end of four years, they called me up and said, you know, Bob, we, we recognize that this is a very hard time, but, but, but you need to move. You've been there four years, and um, it's, it's important that we keep people moving. So what would be good for your family? And I, I said to the assignments guy at that point, I said, sir, with all due respect, the best thing for my family would be to move to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base because uh, my extended family is in Ohio, so I would have a lot of family members nearby. Wright-Patterson is a large base with a major medical center with an oncology department right there. Uh, there's a large staff of chaplains at Wright-Patterson, so if I'm out of pocket for a while, there are other people who can carry the ball. And do you know the next day I got orders for Wright-Patterson? And uh, it, was, it was just a great God thing that the chaplain corps took care of me. Further on down the road, I became uh, one of the guys who was doing chaplain assignments. And I remembered that and found ways to try to help guys who were in very difficult times with their families to get to where they needed to get to uh, for the well-being of their family. Rather than just plugging somebody in where uh, we really prayed and asked God to help us to place people in the right place for their family and for the ministry. And God, God honored that prayer. Yeah. And so I did assignments for a while myself. And uh, I will say that's a, that's a very hard thing. It's, uh, it is. you know, you're constantly, so we had uh, uh, special family members. Um, and, and so when someone got logged into a category, it was like exceptional family member program. Yeah. And when people got logged into that, I mean, we zeroed in on that. So as we were making assignments, uh, a lot of times I'd come through what I called a cycle of assignments. So I'd be looking at people about a year out and, you know, a three month period, a year out, you start looking at that group in that three month period. And I would find those people with ex exceptional family members. And I'd say, you know, what, what can we do? Cause you want to make yeah. it, you want to make it work at the same time. If it's an exceptional family member, that's not terminal. In many cases, we could send someone to an unaccompanied tour in Korea for a year and then bring them back somewhere they really wanted to be. And so we did that's, I, I'm glad that the, the chaplain corps in the air force did the same thing for you that we, we made our, you know, we made it a standard for us. We were going to go out of the way to take care of these people. And, uh, yeah. you know, families were a priority. 
And so, you, well, they really were, you know, yeah. and you, it's for the good of the military too. You don't want to have somebody deployed overseas or something who's worried about their family back home, get that taken care of. And then you can focus on the mission. And for me, it was very important that I'd be there with my wife and with my kids. It was a very difficult time. And yeah. If it had come to the choice of family or military, I'd have chosen family and I'd have been gone and they didn't want that. So it, it makes sense to take care of people because at the end of the day, it, it, it furthers the mission and it's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. It is. It is. And so, uh, brother, the terrible of terribles happens. You lose your wife. Now, how long were you at Wright Patterson when, when the Lord called her home? Two years. Two I years. was there two years. And she died in 1997. Yeah. So I, I left Little Rock in 95, was at Wright Patterson for two years when she died. The Lord gave us another year there at Wright Patterson just to sort of for me as a single dad to start focusing on family, we had two kids, uh, one of whom is special needs. We have a son who's autistic. So as a f single father raising uh, these two, uh, two kids, uh, it was a difficult time. You know, we really depended on the Lord. We, we, we had no choice but to depend on the Lord. And I was very fortunate to have a great team at Wright-Patterson who was very supportive and after that third year, we, we got an assignment to go to Davis Mountain Air Force Base in Tucson, and, and more healing took place there at Davis Mountain. And um, God's always been very good to us. He's put, put us right where we need to be. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And, you know, folks, we're right up against that time. And I had mentioned to Bob before we came on, I saw this morphing into two, three, four episodes. And there's just so much information that Bob has and so many things he can tell us about, you know, going through the loss, being a single parent, uh, God providing a wonderful uh, wife and, uh, and just what God has done in his life. So make sure you come back tomorrow and a part of that. Well, folks, you know, we're very thankful, very thankful that you would take this opportunity to allow us to connect with you, uh, through this broadcast. And we hope you're having a wonderful day. And if there's anything we can do for you, make sure you grab a hold of me over there at Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, or, uh, you could go to Wounded Spirits, the TV shows out there at Wounded Spirits TV series. Uh, you could go to, uh, many of those types of things or you can drop me an email at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com but we sure do love you and listen have a great day today thank you and with that smile that only God can give you God bless thank you for listening to our podcast today it is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, 
more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.